0: This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them, because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Hey, how's it going? Well, do you remember last week when I was like, LOL, coronavirus, Uh just wash your hands. I'd like to revise that statement cuz now i'm terrified.
1: <laughs> yes, we're How not we're not retracting it by any means. Hey. Wash your fucking hands, but also
0: stay away from Please. everybody. Yeah. Wash your hand. Now i'm just revising it. Wash your fucking hands and stay away from me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like i i contract respiratory illnesses very very easily and so i am scared to death that i'm going to get this.
1: I I get it.
0: And it's pollen season too. So, you know, coronavirus was like, hey, I'm here. And God was like, also unleash the pollen. Right.
1: <laughs> I, there are several memes floating around and I'm sure they're coming up in Texas too that say, it's a real awkward time to have allergies in Louisiana right now.
0: <laughs> so is. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. I'm not infected. I swear.
1: <laughs> well. Can I tell you something I learned about the coronavirus today that I didn't know and will interest you? Okay. Um, Did you know that this, quote, pandemic is just a political ploy by the leftists so that Trump gets knocked out of office?
0: Were you not invited to that meeting? (laughs) I was.
1: Damn. (laughs) I was like, I didn't know we were just killing people now. Like. If we get to just kill
0: people, like no one that's on my list is there. Yeah. My other favorite theory is that the Chinese released it on us. to as a biological weapon by first unleashing it on their own people and letting thousands of them die.
1: Right. Right. You know that, that old trick. Yeah. Um, the other one that I really love is that. Um, everything shutting down is just a ploy to stop us from going to church on Easter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, is this one by the Muslims?
1: Uh, you know, it's just by everybody. If, if you are not a Southern Baptist, then you're out to stop us from going to church on Easter.
0: Well, if you're not a Southern Baptist, you're already going to hell, according to the Southern Baptist Church. So- right,
1: right. Thank God I'm safe.
0: Yeah, I think I get a plus one. I
1: might invite you.
0: Oh, I'm safe.
1: Okay. Up in a church. Yeah, but you haven't gotten that membership card punched in a couple of years.
0: Fine. You
1: got. You gotta go renew.
0: I'm in good with Billy Graham. I'm good.
1: Okay. Good. Good.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's gonna vouch for me. He's gonna be like, "She's cool. She's cool." Yeah, so it's crazy out here. I'm sure it's crazy where you are, too. And wherever you are, our loyal listeners.
1: Yes, and we ask you to just be safe and stay smart. And stop buying all the toilet paper. Some of us have IBS and can't get any.
0: (laughs) So, the I don't know if they're doing similar things where you are, but um, here, H-E-B, Walmart, and Trader Joe's, are only open from eight in the morning till eight at night
1: because yeah. they
0: can restock the shelves. And so today I actually was able to go back and get like some things I wasn't able to get on Friday, like some medicine for my um, acid reflux that they didn't have any more of. And actually like, I only got a four pack of toilet paper because I'm like, I don't need so much, like it'll be fine. And cause I already had some, but just not enough for two weeks probably. Right. And so then, yeah and i got another bottle of wine because duh that's the most important thing right now <laughs> uh,
1: so i'm taking a really strong political stance today and mm-hmm. i don't want to offend you so i'm just going to rip the bandaid off mhm why didn't they give aladdin actual brown skin
0: wow i was not expecting that i'm not sure
1: because I've drawn him I today. I could have
0: possibly found out.
1: And I gave him oh. brown skin because that makes sense. And then I, I was. I could have
0: possibly found out at the Majestic's Broadway performance of Aladdin next week, but that got canceled. So mm. the world will never know.
1: My <laughs> performance in DC, as you know, got canceled. And that's the thing that yeah. I am most bummed about. But also like, thank you for looking out for me because I'm stupid and I would still go. So whoever canceled that performance, you are the real <laughs> MVP. <laughs>
0: So this was all going on behind the scenes, so you you didn't know it, as far as I know. But I was going to go up there and surprise you. Really? Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. And, like, once this all started, like, going crazy, I was like, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off. And then, like, four days later, you were like, oh, they canceled my performance. I was like, thank God. I didn't already buy tickets. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Hmm. The day
1: that this episode drops is the day after your birthday. Yeah. You're going to be 23 finally. Yay, finally. You're almost, you're almost at <laughs> the point where your insurance rates drop, like all those good perks.
0: Yeah, not even close to 30 yet. No. <laughs> Still really, 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 really dumb. <laughs> I mean, listen, I well, know... that's true anyway. <laughs> I know
1: 42-year-olds who are still really, really, really dumb.
0: Well, I'm not quite there yet either.
1: It was one of those really dumb ones that uh, is the one who said that this is, quote, pandemic is all put on by the leftists.
0: And then I love the words put on, like it's a show. Right. Seven <laughs> five, six, seven, eight pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> You
1: know, since we couldn't have our, the gay agenda, which, you know, you and I have talked about how I love that meme so much, um, we had to put on our own performance and here it is.
0: Look, I'm all for the gay agenda.
1: Right? Mimosas all day long. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Taco Tuesday. Broadway, show tune, karaoke. Right. Uh the saddest part is that Broadway is dark right now. I'm makes my heart... so
1: sad over that. <sighs> so, the thing that I don't know about in your area, but the thing that is not being <laughs> talked about in my sphere of influence is, like, everyone's just talking about how they're so inconvenienced by this. But I've not heard how anyone's considering that there are some pretty long-term ramifications of, like, lots of people are going to be without pay for a while. Like, Yep. So reach out and help those people around you.
0: Holy shit.
1: Sorry. No, you're fine. But, like, people in the service industry are all screwed for a month at least. Um, So
0: I just got this news alert, and so this is, like, a big – so we have a – uh, and it's probably an insurance company that everyone's heard of. If you're at all connected to the military, we have USAA here. Uh huh. They have a huge campus. They take up a whole zip code. And one of their employees has tested positive for coronavirus. Oh, my gosh. We are fucked. And now I'm going to put my phone far, far away so I can't see it anymore. Yes. <laughs> it's, and... gonna, it's been distracting, like... Every time I turn around, there's another news thing. And the other day I felt so bad because I picked up the phone because the news alert went off and I was like, oh, thank God, somebody was just shot that isn't about coronavirus. Right. And
1: I was just about to say, like, we have harped on it now for almost nine minutes and I'm sure that everyone is tired of it. So let's move on to a new topic before we lose all our listeners.
0: Well, first of all, Welcome to Lifetime. Welcome to Sims. Lifetime.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, I am Aladdin with brown skin.
0: I am so tired of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. This week I watched Wise Gal, and unfortunately, it was not that good. Really, considering the cast, I expected it to be. It was okay, but like towards, it started to drag. And then in the last like 10 minutes, a bunch of shit happened. I was like, okay, they could have like really cut this short. You know, it was like interesting, boring, interesting.
1: Right. So what happened was they only wrote the interesting parts and then they went and filmed and they were like, shit, we only have 30 minutes of, of movie. What do we do here? And they were like, quick, let's do, let's do a montage of riding bikes and laughing in the park
0: amen (sighs) okay this week i watched wise gal it stars Alyssa milano as herself one of my um Hmm?
1: childhood celebrity crushes i watched charm i could tell that by the way you
0: slid back in front of the camera like "Hmm?"
1: right i watched charm specifically (laughs) to look at melissa oh melissa is what i just tried to call her that's (laughs) that's my pet name for her no one else is allowed to use it (laughs)
0: And Jason Gedrick as Russo. Oh, I'm sorry. Alyssa Milano has been in Charmed, Who's the Boss, Wet Hot American Summer, and Mistresses, along with so, so, so much more, but I cannot get into her entire filmography here. And then it stars Jason Gedrick as Russo. He's from Luck, Dexter, and Backdraft. Okay. And the rest of the cast is just like, a streaming flow of mob men. Good, good. they all blinked together after a while. Not really sure who's who. <laughs> this was, quote, inspired by a true story. And I'll let you get into that later.
1: Okay, can't wait.
0: And it opens with Alyssa Milano running up the stairs and slamming a door.
1: Is it back, like, like is she on Who's the Boss?
0: No. Um... A voiceover says, quote, My mother always said people are not fools. Um, While some guy charges up the stairs after Alyssa. The voiceover continues while the guy chasing her bangs on the door and screams, You're not going to leave me! Alyssa, meanwhile, runs to the desk, gets a gun, and points it at the door. And we get the title card. Flashback to Brooklyn 32 years earlier. And a mom is leaving a baby on the steps of a Catholic church. I'm assuming the baby is Alyssa. So she goes, she bangs on the door of the church and she goes to walk away. But at the last minute, she changes her mind and runs away with the baby. Baby Alyssa grows up homeless. Um, she steals bread for her and her mom. And then she grows up some more and she's in Catholic school. They're sitting, she and her mom are sitting in the, subway station doing homework and a police officer brings her dinner and then bam, they get married.
1: Okay. You know that old marry the man who brings you dinner in the subway gag. Mm -hmm. We've all done it once.
0: Mm. I'd like to point out that I have not. Alyssa has two babies. Her husband comes home one day. He's not feeling well. She's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then he walks into the living room and collapses.
1: I didn't mean to laugh. It just bubbled up in me.
0: (laughs) Definitely not fine. Like the opposite of fine. Right. Um, It turns out he has cancer and two years later he dies. Um, Alyssa comes home like from the hospital and meets Mr. Russo from the funeral parlor. I'm no expert, but he appears to be in the mob or perhaps just impersonating someone in the mob. What gives it away? The dark suit, the slicked back hair, the way he holds his hands like in front of him.
1: Please tell me there's a pinky ring.
0: I didn't see a pinky ring, but I I wasn't looking that hard. Um, They're discussing funeral arrangements, but Alyssa's mom comes in and pours espresso on his shoe. So he's like, "Mm, I'm going to go. Um at the funeral, Alyssa's husband's family starts talking shit about her in Italian. So she tells them off and runs to the bathroom to cry. Does
1: she tell them off in well, Italian?
0: I wish. No, just in English. Dang. Um so like the it was I guess an aunt and she was standing up there talking to her husband, like, see that wedding ring, she's gonna have it in a pawn shop before blah 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 and Alyssa like snapped back at her. She's like Oh, do you want that ring? Take it off his finger right now. Or how about I sell it to you? <laughs> uh,
1: yes.
0: Um, Mr. Russo entertains her kids while she's off crying with magic tricks. He also doesn't make her pay for the funeral, which convinces me that he's for sure in the mob. <laughs> um, she gives him the money anyway and then goes to the grocery store. She goes to the deli to get some groceries, but she can't afford them. So, the guy, like, is really apologetic. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't give you credit because then it will go around the neighborhood. So, she's, like, sad. And she goes and gets a job from a different mobster selling cigarettes without tax. Okay. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. So, the guy pays her, but then they run into Mr. Russo. And the guy gets really tongue-tied and kind of runs off. Alyssa and Mr. Russo get into it when he asks her what the hell she's doing. He offers her a job at the funeral home, but she says no. He gives her a Christmas wreath and then leaves. It's the evening of Christmas Eve and they have a small Christmas with her boys. Like just a few presents, but then there's a knock on the door. It's a special agent from the FBI just wanting to have a chat. Oh, you know on Christmas. Like you do.
1: Right. I mean, so some people have Santa Claus and some people have FBI agents and, you Mm. know, you just can't tell from house to house. It's the new secular thing.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we cut immediately away to some mob guys and Mr. Russo beating up some guy, beating some guy to a pulp because he lost $500,000. They're threatening him with an electric drill, so now, that's a thing that I watched. Now, did he lose
1: it like he misplaced it and dropped it on the street, or like he it was a bad bet? Because I like this narrative that he's just forgetful and has no idea where he stuck $500,000.
0: So his story is that he was bringing it over the Canadian border, and he was stopped, and they took it.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And so they're they're threatening to drill his eyeballs out. Delicious really
1: awesome.
0: mm. Back at Alyssa's, the FBI agent already knows she's selling cigarettes without tax. He tells her to be careful because her friend works for drum roll, the Gambino family. Ooh. And I'm like, can we get a movie that talks about any other crime family?
1: No, there's only one now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Alyssa gets into two cabs and drives those cigarettes back to the funeral home where she just like is going to leave them on on the front step. (laughs) She's like, "Fuck this. (laughs) Um, the mob goons are outside yelling at her, but Aruso comes out and calls them off he um they get into a fight on the sidewalk and he's like come with me and she's like no leave me alone so he does what any man would do in that situation oh he what says, would you do in that situation
1: i i respect you because you are a human being and you said no so i'm going to walk away politely i am so sorry to have bothered you ma'am
0: nope he throws her over his shoulder and carries her off kicking and screaming
1: okay you didn't tell me that donkey kong was involved in this Or King Kong, either one.
0: So, they go to the Italian restaurant where they were beating that guy up before, and apparently, in his distress, the guy gave Mr. Russo his restaurant.
1: Um, yeah, you know, the other day I was at Taco Bell, and they just gave me a whole restaurant. It just, sometimes you're just charming enough that people just give it to you.
0: I mean, totally, and so... For Christmas, Mr. Russo is re-gifting the restaurant to her because he didn't want it. Can I take store credit? (laughs) (laughs) She refuses at first, but he talks her into it. And the staff immediately hates her, a lot like Monica when she first takes over that restaurant. Right. She makes friends with the smart mouth manager, and they come up with a way to possibly get it out from under the mob. Alyssa proposes to Mr. Russo that they do a drag night at the restaurant. And instead of that, I guess they decide to turn it into a nightclub. Okay. Mr. Russo convinces her to dance with him. They're just about to kiss, but the deli owner brings him a basket of fruit and tells him the problem he's been having with the kids on the corner is back. They're getting ready to open, and the FBI guy stops by to give her a not-so-thinly-veiled threat And also a replacement, because the first time he was at her house, he knocked over a figurine, and so he bought her a new one. Or did he?
1: Um, I am going to guess it's got a camera, or a mic, or
0: both. So it's almost opening time, and Mr. Russo shows up. Alyssa's looking gorgeous in a red, backless dress. Mr. Russo's wearing a tux, because reasons... Um, there's a line around the corner and the whole Gambino family shows up, including Salvatore.
1: Oh, wow. Like, we're going big.
0: Mm. Mr. Russo's wife shows up to give Alyssa dirty looks, you know, like you do, because they like each other. Right. And she knows it. hmm Um, the drag show starts and seeing this drag show go on with all these uptight mob dudes, like, sitting around watching is the funniest thing I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> that's, that's actually what Netflix sees whenever they're all turning on Drag Race. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, after the show, Russo waits for her with hot off the press reviews. And they're a hit. The, the Nightclub is a big hit. Everybody loves it. He offers Alyssa a ride home and she says, no, she'll just walk. He calls after her. He's like, what the hell? I'm not going to chase you, you know. And then immediately gets in his car and chases her.
1: So that
0: was a lie. Mm. She starts to go off about Salvatore, but he interrupts her and says, do you want to kiss me? Because it's all I've been thinking about. And for such a handsome dude, he has negative game. Are you going
1: to kiss me or
0: not? (laughs) I guess it works, though, because they kiss cut to a very messy bed and the pair of them sleeping on the floor. Like you do. That's not how you do
1: that. I mean, <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe I'm the wrong one.
0: She kicks him out because the kids will be up soon. Um, as he's leaving, there's a mob guy outside waiting. And he says, Mr. Pa- Mr. Palmieri, that's Salvatore, wants to chat. is like, okay, I'll be right there. But the mob guy's like, no, we want to talk to Alyssa Milano.
1: I mean, who doesn't Alyssa's want to
0: talk like, to Alyssa Milano? I mean, Alyssa's like, hey, fuck off. I have to get my kids to school and shuts the door. <laughs> uh, Russo chases her back in and they they have an argument um, as they go back inside. And then knock, knock, knock. Somebody's at the door and it's Salvatore. It's himself. He tells her he wants to know what such a busy lady could be doing if she doesn't have time to meet with him very quickly. He asks her to, quote, collect the dividends from a business he has in Canada, i.e. he wants her to smuggle $500,000 in from Canada once a month.
1: Um, no. I'm busy that day, so.
0: He promises to take care of her family for the rest of their lives if she does it, and she says she'll do it once and see how it feels, and then she'll, she, she'll decide.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, the idea of seeing how it feels, I'm like, it's... <laughs> It's not like a new sex position. It's mu- like this is illegal, girl. You know,
0: look if you don't if you're not willing to do anything once, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, he uh, Russo immediately starts a fight with her for taking the job. He says if she's going to go, he needs she needs to take this gun that he's got, and then he's like, okay, bye. So Alyssa packs up and goes to Canada. She rides in the gambling part of the sh- of the uh ship which is weird because it's not a cruise ship. It's like a cargo ship oh. and there's all these people like gambling on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes those those big um crates full of illegal purses just have to get their jollies off at the craps table.
0: So she goes um to the guys that run the casino and they start talking about her in Italian about how they're going to rip her off. And she only catches part of what she they're saying. So she pulls out the gun and says "If they don't give her the full 500000 They don't get to keep their family jewels.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So she gets the money and drives away while Aretha Franklin's Respect plays in the background. <laughs> Ooh, they
1: paid for a real song.
0: <laughs> they did. Actually, they paid for a couple. Um... She gets Any, back to the border
1: and they... Anytime mm-hmm. we talk about them playing real songs, I think back to that one, the one of the few movies I actually watched with you. Um, it was the Sexy S.A.T. Words. I can't remember <laughs> that one. And they they played um, Alicia Keys. They bought that yeah. one song and played it for the <laughs> entire movie. She,
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, she gets back to the border and they search her trunk. Um, the border patrol officer goes through all of her bags of toys that she brought back and they open her suitcase and rifle through her clothes, but they don't find the money and let her go on her way. They don't find the money. Cause she had it clipped to her, like around her waist and like around her thighs, like to her body. Wow. Um, so she's surprised when she gets home to find that her kids are not at school because quote, grandma went shopping
1: Okay.
0: It was a big sale, okay? listen. <laughs> she is surprised to find that her kids... Oh no, I'm sorry. So she gets them ready for school and she they're greeted outside by Russo who brought them brand new bikes to apologize for being the world's worst person. So they all ride to school on... Together. My main concern here is that it appears that she left $500,000 cash inside her home and didn't lock the door. But everything must be fine because we cut to six years later and Alyssa is rich as fuck and her son voiceovers that she was basically a maid woman if that was a thing, which it wasn't. She's throwing amazing parties at her townhouse where all these mob dudes bring her kids fancy presents and wear ruby cufflinks that are as big as earrings. Oh, and the police are there, too, because crooked cops and stuff. Right, right. Moving on up, plays in the background.
1: Wow. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Sal brings her a big envelope of money. Russo and Sal get into a pissing match. One of her kids is riding his bike with the ruby cufflink he stole. He runs into an older kid who's like, hey, you shouldn't be here. You should go. So, of course, he leaves immediately and doesn't definitely go into the alleyway where the kid was coming out of. You know? I,
1: yeah, I mean, that's what I predicted would happen, is that he just goes right home.
0: Um, and he finds a dead body. Alyssa and Russo go to get him from the police station. Uh, Russo threatens to kick the kid's ass for using his name with the police. And Alyssa says, if you lay one hand on my child, I'll cut it off.
1: She's not pulling any punches.
0: So she goes to see FBI guy to ask him to keep an eye on her, out on her kid and let her know if she needs to know something that's, like, happening. He's like, okay. And then he shows her the photo wall, basically, of all her activities, along with Russo's and Russo's kids, um, who was selling drugs outside the grocery store. Great. Um FBI guy points out that these dudes are all big fat liars. Um Alyssa's like cool by and she gets a wild hair and runs over to Frank's house to confront his son about selling drugs. Things get real ugly real fast. Uh Frank beats up his kid for not staying clean. His wife runs over to defend him and tells Alyssa off big time for like fucking her husband and stuff. Um So the next day or week or month, who knows, Um, they notice that they're being followed. Alyssa gets paranoid and breaks the figurine the FBI guy brought her, and lo and behold, there's a bug in it.
1: I can't believe she didn't figure that out six years ago.
0: I know. Alyssa's talking to Jimmy about wanting to get out of the mob, and he's like, uh, nobody gets out of the mob. So she goes to to get Sal's wife, who snorts coke the whole way to the border, like they're going on their little trip to get the money. Alyssa's like, hey, you're really going to have to throw that out before we get to the border, but June, the wife, is like, nah. So Alyssa takes it from her and throws it out the window.
1: <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do.
0: They go to this fur store, and Sal's wife waves to some dude with an enormous camera around his neck, totally inconspicuous. Um, Alyssa freaks out and tells her that she'll they'll meet back at the hotel, and she books it out of there. She goes to the casino, the boat casino to get the money. The guy's like I don't have it all Um, but he gives her some Um, She's walking out and the casino gets raided So she's about to be arrested and she pretends to be sick so the officer sends her into a bathroom because men are dumb Yes There's a door on the other side of the bathroom that she walks right out of and off the boat (laughs) God <laughs> it's just like, well, that's one way to do it. Um. She goes back to the hotel and is like, "We are leaving. We've got to go." She makes Sal's wife put the money on her body this time because they're looking for uh, Alyssa. And then they, she heads back to the states. She and Russo immediately get into a fight. One of his goons tries to stand up for Alyssa, so Russo knocks him unconscious, like you do naturally. Later, Russo's son shows up on, his, on uh, Alyssa's doorstep, like, all beat to hell. He says he thinks he's going to get killed, and Alyssa's like, No, you're going to be fine. Go talk to your father, and sends him off. Um, later, Russo shows up, and they start fighting again. Her son, her older son, steps in, because he, like, reaches out and grabs Alyssa. And her older son steps in, and Russo starts to go after him instead, so she throws him out of the house. And the next day in the paper, she sees that Russo's son was murdered. Oh, no. So she goes to see the FBI guy, who reassures her that the kid was too far gone and he couldn't have been helped, which I don't believe, but whatever. Um, FBI guy asks her to wear a wire and says that when it's all over, he'll help her get away and keep her kids safe. He said that these people are all criminals, and Alyssa's like, yeah, but I'm, like, also a criminal. Right. (laughs) Um... But he's like, you're not like other criminals, which just means like you're a hot, you're hot. lady criminal. Right. <laughs> she doesn't really make a decision, but she does leave. She goes home and Russo is there with a $500 cigar he bought when his son was born. He tells Alyssa that he would never hurt her, so they hook up, but she cries afterwards. Um, cut to someone pulling a shotgun out of a trunk. Oh, It's Russo. He's having a full-fledged meltdown because Sal blames him for all this mess. It's the middle of the day and he screams at Alyssa to turn off the lights. Oh, okay. (laughs) She tells him to get out of her house. Um, He continues having a meltdown and promising things will get better. So Alyssa goes to wait for Sal's wife outside her building to ask if there's a hit out on Russo. June pulls off her sunglasses when they see each other to reveal a humongous black eye and says that there probably is a hit out because Sal has completely lost his mind. Um, she tells Alyssa to go clean up the safe at the club and get the hell out of Dodge because there's also a contract out on her life.
1: Oh, God, okay.
0: She goes to the club, but the safe is already empty. She sits down at her desk facing away from the open door, which is a really stupid place uh-huh. to wait for someone to BB come kill you. Uh-huh. And Sal shows up. He starts philosophizing about the end of your life, etc., etc., and how there's no family if there's no trust. He ends by asking Alyssa to kill Russo for him. She tells him that she won't do it and that he's insane. And so Sal just drops a little grenade that's saying that Russo was a lot more polite to him when he asked him to kill his own child. Uh-uh. So Alyssa goes home where Russo is really drunk and scruffy. He asks Alyssa what happened, and Alyssa says she was crazy to stand up for him and asks him if he killed his own son. He admits to it and says that once his son was marked, he couldn't give the hit to somebody else because then his son would have suffered. Um, Alyssa says he makes her sick, and he makes me sick too. Um, And we get the opening scene of the movie again where she runs up the stairs. He chases after her, and she points the gun at the closed door. She doesn't shoot, though. Um, we cut to the next week, month, who knows. She makes sandwiches and then checks the gun before they head out to school. Russo comes out, and he's like, hey, where are y'all going? And she's like, oh, we're going to school. Like, you're welcome to come. But he's like, nah, he goes back inside. Alyssa nods to her mother, who's upstairs, and they leave. They go to school and she tells the kids to go act like it's a normal day at 1130 to excuse themselves and come outside. Their grandmother should be waiting for them. If she's not waiting for them, they do not have to, or they should not wait. They should leave immediately and go to an address, which she gives them to the FBI office with a letter. She tells the kids that she loves them and kisses them. Goodbye. Goodbye. the the boys walk into school and the little brother tells his big brother that she saw him or he saw her with a gun. So they go like, look back outside and Alyssa's climbing into a cab. Um, So the older brother's like, go, go to class and I'll see you later. And he leaves school. She goes to see Sal and when the goons outside, give her lip, she busts out the gun.
1: (laughs) Well, naturally.
0: Al comes out he's like can you, can you put that down please <laughs> um, over at home Russo is having a complete breakdown um,
1: I don't know he, he seems so stable to this point that's so strange
0: yeah, he, does. Yeah. he goes through the bedroom and sees that everything is already gone Alyssa's older son comes in asking after his mom and Russo starts to lay hands on him again but here comes grandma with a shotgun
1: fuck yeah grandma
0: <laughs> Alyssa goes to sell and throws his wife under the bus as the person who was helping Russo's son distribute drugs. Cause she had the Coke like in the car. Right. And she felt like Alyssa found a bunch of these pictures of them together. And so she figured out that, that she was helping him sell drugs to like get some money on the side. Gotcha. Um, so she says she wants to take her kids and move, and she wants him to let Russo live. Alyssa has balls of steel and is like, okay, this meeting is over, and goes to leave. <laughs> and Sal stands up and he's like, this meeting is not over, and he's like, try to understand that this has everything to do with weakness, and he's, but like, he's acting like he's going to kill her, and then finally he's like, just go, just go.
1: So it does have everything to do with weakness, but he's the weak one.
0: Yeah. Alyssa goes home to find her mom just holding Russo at gunpoint. (laughs) Um. So Alyssa tells Russo that Sal won't kill him as long as he stays away from Alyssa and her family. It's over. Bye, bitch. They leave. The son voiceovers that the hit was called off and Sal was good for his word. Like, um, Frank died of natural causes three years later. In spite of the lack of witnesses, Sal was arrested and sentenced to life in prison for ordering the hit on Russo's kid. We see some of the goons get arrested and some of them get murdered. The FBI guy gets promoted along with uh, one of the guys that she had been hanging out with that was working undercover that she didn't know. Um, June overdosed and died. Mm -hmm. Nobody knew if it was accidental or on purpose. And Alyssa and her kids move to Orlando. The end.
1: The end. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, I, so, um, a little behind the scenes, I did read this synopsis this week and I'll explain why in a minute. I mean, you already know, but I know our, our loyal listeners are on the edges of their seat waiting. And so I'm just going to, um, kind of suspend the tension for a while. And, um, just, you know, just talk about myself. No. Um, but I did read the synopsis to this And it sounded super interesting. Um, I'm glad to know that I didn't miss anything by not watching it, though.
0: No, (laughs) I mean it was a good story. I just think they they kind of dropped the ball in the middle. It was a really, it would have been a really interesting story.
1: Uh, I'm gonna put a call out while I'm thinking about it to our listeners for the next several weeks. It looks like. I'm only working three hours a day, which means I've got so much free time. Um, so I want a lifetime movie that I need to watch and cover either as a Patreon episode or as one <laughs> of the times that we flip. So okay, write in, message us on Instagram, any of those things. I want to know what I need to watch. because I've got all this free yes, time. Yes, totally. All
0: right. Yeah. I think, I think that while I may not have as much free time, I'm gonna have some more free time. Yeah. The news also just announced that it looks like schools are gonna be probably closed to the end of the semester.
1: Oh my god! Public schools. Holy moly! That was the the director.
0: Hold on. Um. The education commissioner of Texas. Wow. Said. So that is, I, I like, so feel, especially for my girls that are seniors, for my kids, my son's friends that are seniors, like, it's really, it's horrible. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Well, and so one of the things that has come up a lot in my group chats with my coworkers and stuff is I use a lot of technology in my daily instruction it will not be hard for me to continue to teach online for the rest of the semester. But some of my, co- awesome. some of my coworkers are not in the same place I am technology wise. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot more difficult for them. And I feel bad. Well,
0: some of them. my girls were, well, some of my girls were when this all came out, cause first they shut the university, right? Like all the universities. And they were calling me like, I'm a biochem major. Like I cannot do online. Like I have to do labs and stuff and they're like, I don't know how this is going to work. And so they're, they're all very right um, nervous. Yeah.
1: Well, and it makes me concerned for um, all the education majors who were student teaching, who now won't, yes. you know, like they've had a month and a half of student teaching and now things are going to be closed for the rest of the semester from, you know, at least this from what you is said. It's going to
0: be the wildest experience probably of any of our lives. I hope.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um so like
0: I've never seen anything like this.
1: And you know, I am I am grateful that we have that I am grateful we're taking these precautions. Um a <laughs> superintendent, I don't remember what state he's in, but when he announced the closure of schools, he said something along the lines of we will never know if we overreacted or if we took this too far.
0: Right, but we will Mm -hmm.
1: know forever if we underreacted and did not do enough. Yeah, like
0: my friends and I were looking at the numbers today while we were at brunch because we're losers. And um, I mean, right now the death rate or the mortality rate from the virus that we know of, because they're just the testing is so grossly ineffective right now. But of the cases that we know of, it's at two percent mortality rate and if it infects like even a million people that's so many people that are going to lose their lives
1: yeah yeah i mean it's a it's a very very real problem um the
0: like texas is exactly half the population or almost exactly half the population of italy and just look at where their numbers are right it's out what
1: yeah all right. Well, are you ready to hear what I have prepared for you today? Yes. So, as um as I was starting my research on this, I um I always just start by googling the movie title followed by true story because that's yeah. usually the easiest way to find at least who the story is about, sure. you know. And sure. um so as I sent you, I found this quote from the Hollywood Reporter about this particular movie. And it said, Said to be inspired by a true story, perhaps in the same way that reality TV shows are inspired by reality, Wise Wisegal nonetheless boasts a solid production pedigree to explain its surprising quality. Um... All that to say, this is not based on a true story. However, I think that I have found some of the inspirations behind it. And mm-hmm. so instead of um, trying to go and find a story that doesn't exist, I have done a little shallow dive in um, some women who were heads of organized crime or were involved uh, in the mob
0: Ooh, I love it! I'm so excited. So um, look, I want to hear all about these boss-ass bitches, right? Tell me.
1: So, in fact, my uh my notes is la- my notes are labeled a list of badass gangster women. <laughs> so...
0: Hell yes!
1: All right. Um, so I found a lot of this information at, and the... then
0: on Patreon, I'm going to tell you a story of another badass woman. I
1: can't wait! Yay. Um, I hope it's Scarlett Johansson.
0: No, it's Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm covering, right?
1: <laughs> you don't know that she's not royal. Maybe she advocated the, stro- the throne to the throne. I'm real good at the talking. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, So I got a lot of my information from uh dot com dot org. Excellent. I mean, and then also from dot com
0: dot the... org dot edu
1: <laughs> <Backslash> <laughs> dot uk dot co dot uk. Um, anyway, and then the other place that I got a lot of information was Mental Floss because they always have a good listicle for Mental me to Floss. look at. Um, so the first woman I'm going to talk about is Virginia Hill. Virginia Hill was born in 1916. In um, she uh, was sorry, was born in 1916 into the first American generation to emerge from the twenties. When women started their liberation from the late Victorian era of like, um, where they were kind of freeing themselves from the ideas of dating and sexual morals that the like Victorian era women had placed on them. Sure. sure. So by 1933, um, she was already well aware of how far her feminine wiles would take her. Um, she actually, like, was very open about her sexuality. She'd been sexually active since the age of 12, and she got married at 14, um, which is real young.
0: And I'm, like, trying to imagine what would have happened if I married the boy that I was going out with when I was 14.
1: Well, they weren't married very long. She dumped her husband. It's
0: terrifying.
1: (laughs) she dumped her husband and moved from Alabama to Chicago in Chicago. She worked as what's known as a shimmy dancer, um, and possibly a sex worker, but it's not verified. Um, mm-hmm. and then in 1934, while she was a waitress, her life changed drastically because for one, she was a rebel and wore a short skirt while she was waitressing. <gasps> you could see Pretends her to be shocked. you could see her knees Erin her knees <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, she look was... I've been watching Golden Girls to like cleanse my mind of the sadness and anxiety and they have an episode where they're all dancing
1: uh huh oh yeah and
0: Betty White and Rue McClanahan have on like shorts and, uh-huh. shor- and a short skirt and they're dancing and I'm like I want to look like Betty White now.
1: Right? (laughs) (laughs) 23-year-old Erin wants to look like 52-year-old Betty White. yeah. Uh
0: (laughs) She's got some nice gams.
1: (laughs) So anyway, so she's waitressing in this short skirt, and she worked at a restaurant that was frequented by um, men in the outfit gang while their boss Al Capone was in prison.
0: Oh, sure. Um, so one of them was a man named Joe. There's nothing to do when your boss is in prison. Right.
1: Um, (laughs) so one of them was named Joe Epstein, and he convinced Virginia to quit her waitressing job and, um, be his shill by placing large cash bets at a racetrack for a 10% commission. Mm -hmm. And then also using her looks to sucker men into making stupid bets. So she did well, just that.
0: Does that. She'd go
1: down to the racetrack and she would, like, I don't know, use whatever, do whatever she had to do to make these men bet on, like, the worst horses. Um, she'd be like, you know, I just think this one's going to win. He's only got, like, three legs, you know? Like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all she has to do is pretend like he's the best man on earth and, like, stroke his ego a lot and then be like, Let's bet on this horse. He has the best name and then <laughs> bada bing bada boom.
1: That's exactly it. Well, she made them both quite a sum. Um and so as it turned out, she had quite the personality for racketeering. Sure. Um, so Joe Epstein would send her cash which he um he kept in a safe deposit box that was like her salary. He kept in its own safe deposit box and he'd send it to her monthly for the rest of her life. Like he, she was on his payroll till she died.
0: Um, so. Can we go back to where I said men were dumb? (laughs) So she, uh, started a
1: romance with a man named Siegel um I think I have his first name written down a little bit earlier I think so I'm looking it up yeah yeah so she started I was like I've got it written it down I don't want to misquote that it's Bugsy if it's not so yes so she started dating Bugsy Siegel and it was like you do right it was this (laughs) super codependent rocky violent relationship um that followed always in hot makeup sex and then like the rinse and repeat method you know like you do um yeah And it got very serious in the 1940s. By 1945, she joined him in Las Vegas, where he had um, involved himself in as a mob-backed developer in the Flamingo Hotel. Yep. Um, I've
0: been to that hotel. Have you? Uh Uh-huh. Also, Siegel was not a bad-looking dude.
1: Was he not? No. Um, Well, she was gorgeous. You should look up Virginia Hill. Um, Doing that? So because of his demands for expensive materials and elaborate construction, he blew through about six million dollars just through his investing in this um, hotel. And more money, more problems, right? Right. Um, And then this (laughs) this line that I pulled from this article says his angry hoodlum partners heard rumors that Siegel used Hill to stash away two million dollars in a Swiss bank. So she was also hiding money for him. Um,
0: Is she hiding money for him or for herself?
1: Right. Mm -hmm. So um, according to the most prominent theory, his mob backers concluded that they had to eliminate him permanently, even as the, like, even though the flamingo had started to do better because when it opened, the rooms weren't ready yet. And the casino lost a lot of money. Because Mm -hmm. Bugsy had not done his job correctly. Um, But it was on the upswing in 1947. And so, I thought you were about to say something. A
0: shady dude didn't do his job right? Right. I can't imagine. So, um,
1: (laughs) the members of the mob syndicate told Virginia to tell Siegel she had to travel to Paris to shop for wine for the Flamingo. And that June Siegel was shot and killed as he sat in their rented house in Beverly Hills. She heard about it from a guest at a party in Paris. She would not know it yet, but his demise and his publicity and its publicity, um, reduced her usefulness to the mob. And that's what actually started her decline. Um, Yeah. So, um, she was trailed for a long time by the IRS, but she was able to outrun them for Mm -hmm. basically her entire life. Um, and when she fell in kind of hard times, she sold her house, her cars, her furs, and all the like valuable jewelry that Bugsy had given her. Um, So that cell drew about $41,000, which was not enough to cover everything she owed to the IRS. So she just picked up her family and moved to Austria. Joe Epstein met her there and, um, helped her kind of establish a new life. Um, and when she died, she still owed the IRS $221,000 in taxes.
0: Sucks to be them. (laughs)
1: Right? (laughs) Um. So the next one I want to talk about is Stephanie St. Clair. Stephanie St. Clair was the notorious queen of the illegal numbers racket in New York's Harlem neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. and she actually testified about mob payoffs that she made, I mean, about payoffs that she'd made to New York police to protect her employees from arrest. So on top of, like, already being the head of her organized crime ring, she would also pay off all the cops, and whenever they would try to make a move against her, she'd just go give a witness testimony Mm. about how they were shady cops, crooked cops, and get them locked up, and all attention would be off of her again.
0: Sure. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Like you do. So, um... Let's see. The date was December 8th, 1930 in a prohibition era city reeling from recent exposures of police officers who, as the New York Daily News put it, for years have waxed wealthy on vice gambling and speakeasy shakedowns. Mm-hmm. What followed was an extraordinary daring performance by St. Claire, a haughty, profane and driven African-American woman still at the peak of her authority as one of the wealthy bankers for the numbers racket in Harlem. By 1930, she was reportedly worth $300,000, which is about equivalent to $4.3 million today. Yikes. Um, She, so she arrived at the, um, oh yeah, so her reign wouldn't last long because like white mobsters moved in to try to take over. And so that's when she kind of starts pulling the strings so that everything falls apart before the white mob can take over. Um, sure. So she goes to the superior court building in a very expensive squirrel fur coat and a cloche hat in court protest. Uh, prosecutors presented evidence to support allegations of graft by the vice cops. St. Clair was a key witness, despite her reputation as a financial backer for illegal numbers games The court charged some officers with demanding protection payments from St. Clair and the other two and the two other chief numbers backers in Harlem, uh, Casper Holstein and Wilfred Bruner. Um, Speaking in the French accent left over from her childhood in the French run island of Martinique in the Caribbean, St. Clair testified that she knew all of the plainclothes vice cops in Harlem. She paid them not to arrest her workers or customers found holding one of her policy tickets you like used for the betting numbers. Um, Mm -hmm. she said the bribes came to about $6,000 as of 1928. Yet the cops double crossed her and made arrests anyway. So she named names Mm -hmm. such as, uh, the police Lieutenant Peter J. Pfeiffer, whom she claimed accepted her gifts totaling $1,100. Um, so she, um set and gave up all the names and gave up all of her records like documents um and she maintained this like no nonsense resolve to take on new york's political establishment and gangster bosses as she had nearly conquered Heart like after she was finished in harlem um wow so she was just this incredibly wealthy woman who uh when she realized that things were falling apart for her, she did exactly what I would have done and turned on the people who she'd paid off and gotten rid of them too.
0: Yep. Well, what's interesting is that sounded a lot like a story that I heard on the podcast family secrets. Oh really? And I thought it was her, but it was, it's not, it's a different lady. Um,
1: the next one I'm going to talk about is, um, sister ping. Um, and She is from China and I do not want to mispronounce her name. Um, so I will just go by the street name that she took with sister Ping. Um, and she also had the uh, nickname, the Snakehead," which is the Chinese nickname for a human smuggler. Okay. So sister Ping was the leader of an underground crime group in New York's Chinatown. And she trafficked about 3,000 illegal immigrants from China to the United States. She charged $40,000 a head and amassed herself a fortune of $40 million in the 80s and 90s. Sure. Um, Why not? Right. So in her prime, she financed dangerous and inhumane voyages to smuggle her customers from Hong Kong to Guatemala and New York. One vessel she backed, the Golden Venture, which was a cargo ship, ran aground Mm -hmm. in 1993 off Queens, New York. Ten of the 300 starving passengers who took the 100-day journey from China died after leaping from the ship. Um, Five years later, another one of her ships capsized and more people drowned. Um, So this is kind of what was her undoing, is that... All these people she was smuggling then also died and then yeah, um, you kind of get caught when that happens.
0: Really bad for business. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, so the jury eventually, like she got arrested and she was um, convicted of immigrant smuggling, money laundering and trafficking and kidnapping proceeds. Um, mm-hmm. She was given the maximum penalty of 35 years in prison. Mm-hmm. Um and in 2014, the mother of all snakeheads died in prison at 65. Um, in reaction, um, an immigrant man living in China who she had smuggled over said, "Sister Ping was good, honest, and warmth moved, and her warmth moved everyone." Mm. So she was well liked, at least. Um, and I mean, so, by some people. Right. Some people
0: probably didn't like her that much. <laughs>
1: So uh, next is Marie Baker. She was described as an attractive brunette with brown eyes and had a habit of carrying two guns. Um, She started making headlines in 1933 for a string of shop robberies committed by what they called as what um, the headlines called the Pants Gang. And she was actually Marie Baker, the head of the Pretty Pants Gang, is what the uh, newspapers all called her. Because we have discussed how the media should not be allowed to name things. (laughs) (laughs) Baker earned her nickname. The Pretty Pants Gang. Well, let me tell you why they called her this and why they called them this. Baker earned her nickname for her bizarre demand to the shop's clerks. Once all other customers had left, the lady, like, she would linger behind, and then she'd pull out her two guns, and she'd yell at the people to take off their pants. And those who were, like, were too shy to oblige or for whatever reason were forcibly helped with Baker sneering that she couldn't be shocked or impressed. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing you've got's going to impress me, honey. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Miami News reported that it was vanity that eventually brought her down. While checking her makeup during a butcher shop heist, Baker allowed a hostage to run free. She was soon caught and booked. Uh, later, it was uncovered that she was, in fact, Mrs. Rose Durant, who would ultimately serve three years before vanishing into obscurity. So the the name she made for herself, Marie Baker, was even a, a flat-out lie. Interesting. Um. Next is Evelyn Billy Frechette. She became infamous as John Dillinger's girlfriend, but she came from an unexpected background for a gun mole. Um, she was a child of French and Native American descent from uh, through the Menominee tribe. She attended a Catholic grade school, and then she actually went on to graduate high school, um, even though this was the 30s, and so that was uncommon. Um, sure. Even with an education, finding work was difficult, which led for which led Frechette to move to Chicago. After her first husband was jailed for a post office robbery, she met John Dillinger, and traveled with him through a cross country crime spree. Um, they survived several shootouts together, which is what actually draws a couple together.
0: Oh, completely.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's I mean that's why Sarah and my bond are so strong because. If I could count how many shootouts we've been in, it would be zero. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: I was gonna say I can count how many shootouts we've been in, and the grand total is nothing. Um, she
1: was later convicted for harboring a fugitive and served two years in prison, during which Dillinger died. So upon her release in 1936. She actually spun her criminal past into a new career and set out as a motivational speaker in the late thirties um, doing a lecture tour called crime does not pay. So, you know, she Did made it pay, lemonade. Though? Did she get paid for it? <laughs> she made lemonade from lemons at that point. I guess so. And then no one can talk about badass women of organized crime without talking about the queen herself, Bonnie Parker. Yes! So she is undoubtedly the most famous of female American gangsters. Um, And then obviously she was half of the iconic crime duo Bonnie and Clyde. Mm -hmm. They were notorious bank robbers in the public enemy era of 1931 to 1934 When the exploits of outlaws made them celebrities. She was born in Rowena, Texas, where she earned a reputation for being smart and outspoken, and no one likes a smart or outspoken woman. Not in the 30s. That was really her undoing. She met Clyde Barrow in 1930. Though she was married at the time, they hit it off immediately. Um, So, apart from their robberies and killings, the legend of Bonnie and Clyde grew in part because of a photo shoot they did near their Joplin, Missouri hideout images that still inspire reimaginings of their lives. Um, but those lives were cut short in a gruesome shootout with police in 1934. She was 23 and he was 25. Um, wow. Yeah. Which I never think about them being that young. She was your age. I
0: know. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> well, in two days.
0: In two days,
1: yeah. Not quite, not quite, not quite. Um, naturally, you know, they're because they were so romanticized and the story of their love has been so romanticized, um, mm-hmm. she has been portrayed by Dorothy Proveen in the 1958's The Bonnie Parker Story, by Tracy Needham in the 1992 made-for-TV movie Bonnie and Clyde, A True Story, and by Holiday mm-hmm. Granger in the 2013 miniseries Bonnie and Clyde. Um, But Mm -hmm. she's best remembered is the sultry turn of Faye Dunaway and the two time Mm -hmm. Oscar winning biopic Donnie, Bonnie and Clyde, Donnie and Clyde. That's the new one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then a couple of years ago, there was a really wonderful Broadway musical called Bonnie and Clyde. And um, the did you ever see um, the last five years with Anna Kendrick? It's a musical movie. Um, Or did you see, what was that Kiki Palmer movie that had Queen Latifah and Dolly Parton in it? Joyful Noise? No. Okay. Um, Well, then you wouldn't know the guy. Um, Anyway, but... Speak me. No, (laughs) it's fine. He's just, he's been in very little. He's a big Broadway actor. He was in the Newsies. If you've watched the Netflix, uh, the Netflix has Disney's Newsies, the Broadway show.
0: Oh, yeah. He was in Mm -hmm. that
1: as well. Jeremy Jordan but um okay anyway i very, I
0: recognize his name
1: i very much love that musical he's from um galveston and he's ah. a tony award winner so we like him we'll claim him but yeah so that was my shallow dive oh, yeah i know
0: who this guy is
1: yeah i was say he, i'm sure he's been in other things but i can't only think of him as in musicals
0: supergirl in the flesh
1: yes I forgot about that, because you know I don't watch real TV.
0: Yes, I know. I have, I have almost gotten
1: caught up on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Does that count for anything?
0: I mean, I need to start watching that, but I, I'm going to say it counts.
1: Okay. And I've watched a whole season and a half of Superstore this week. Nice! Yeah. And I'm almost finished with The Office. I'm in the last ten, last five episodes of season eight, so... I'm almost there.
0: Yay. Well, the bad, the sad thing about finishing you off is, is that like, you realize the last couple of seasons were not it, that great. This
1: is a struggle. I'm being honest. Like mm-hmm. this, once they took Michael Scott from me, ain't no sunshine when he's gone.
0: <laughs> so I just think that like, it was one of those shows, you know, like they're ending Shits Creek. Yeah. I know you don't watch it, but they're ending Shits Creek. Before it burns out. Uh Uh-huh. For this reason.
1: Yes. So. And I feel that... Like, I feel so strongly about that in several shows that, like, I did not like the last season of Gilmore Girls at all. And it had been a rough couple of seasons. It should have ended when she went to college.
0: It's like during those times... Yeah, it's just been on for too long and they push these people to, to stay on the air, because it's popular, but then it takes away the experience because it's not as good. Right. So, yeah. Do
1: you have a Lifetime Movie of the Week for me? I do. I cannot
0: wait. (laughs) My Lifetime Movie of the Week is the shitstorm that was The Bachelor on Monday and Tuesday night. (laughs) If any of you watch The Bachelor, then you will know that Pilot Pete proposed to a girl. Then decided he didn't love her. Then went back to chase the other girl. By the way, his mom hates the new girl. Hates her.
1: Yes!
0: Openly hates her. Verbally hates her. And then two days later, so they go to the After the Final Rose, which is like live... And then two days later, they decide to go their separate ways. They broke up. Uh-uh. <laughs> two days later. Yes! This this season, The Bachelor was a shit show, but that ending was worth it. <laughs> I kept hoping he would end up alone. <laughs> and since the end of filming, they've had Hannah Ann, which was the girl that he proposed to and then broke up with. She's been hanging out with... Um, oh, she's been on Ellen, and she's like you know been doing all this stuff um with the bachelor franchise and then madison the girl that he like went to be with and then they broke up she's been hanging out with like selena gomez and um peter's just like by himself <laughs> <laughs> word on
1: the screen <sighs> is there's a guy from shreveport gonna be on the bachelor next year or on the bachelorette next season
0: if they ever film it right um
1: so, I don't necessarily have a lifetime case of the week, but I did send you, was it the Vanity Fair article I sent you about Joe Exotic's Netflix movie or show? Yes,
0: I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> you guys have to watch that. It's going to be so good. It comes out tomorrow, right?
1: Uh, it comes out the 20th. No, the 20th. That's next so that's next Friday. Friday. Yes. Like, that's two days after this episode drops. Um, I'm
0: just waiting for good things to happen cuz i'm bored Didn't you cover Joe
1: Exotic as a um Patreon episode earlier this year? You did. I did? I yeah. don't Oh. Wow. I really thought that was
0: you. <laughs> or you did it as your movie of the week?
1: Maybe okay, I did do it as my movie of the week. So, um Lifetime did not listen, but Netflix did.
0: And Wine and Wine and Crime covered it on one of their episodes
1: okay i don't think that i've heard mm-hmm. wine and crimes um wine and crime has somehow gotten out of my rotation and i need to put it back but i have a lot less
0: I podcast those listening cows. Time.
1: oh i do too i just i you're I th- about
0: to have way more yeah
1: <laughs> i needed a break like i do this every so often where i have to take like a wash from true crime because it gets real down in my depression
0: I do that too, or I have to take a break just for, um, just from podcasts in general. I'm like, I need to like read a book or something. Uh-huh.
1: Um, ooh, I finished a couple of books, so I've been very productive.
0: What'd you finish?
1: I, um, I read Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered, the, um... I love that book. Me too, um, it was and so good. I was really inspired by Georgia talking about going to meet Ray Bradbury and the letter that she gave him. And then he sent her an autographed copy of his book and it just said onward. And I was so inspired mm-hmm. by that. I wrote about it on my blog last week. Um, and then I finally yeah. finished that no truth left to tell, um, which wound up being really good. It was a Uh, Turned out to be a crime drama and uh, it was really well written. There wasn't a whole lot of like the CSI effect happening. Um, Mm -hmm. Now the cops did get a lucky break, but that happens all the time in real life. So uh, I'll allow it. Yeah, it was actually really good. And now I am uh, in the middle of a young adult book called Scythe that I'm really excited about.
0: Interesting. So I am currently in the middle of two very long books. So I've not done a lot of reading this um, month, although I'm also listening to two audiobooks that should take me less time. I should be able to finish those by the end of the month. But I'm way ahead on my reading schedule. But I'm still reading The Royals, and I'm reading uh, The Starless Sea. And then on audio, I'm reading By Yourself, The Fucking Lilies, which is amazing. And if anybody's like looking into like self-care type advice books, I highly recommend it. And then I'm reading The Gracier.
1: Okay, you've got a lot going on.
0: Which is a, it's a YA book. Yeah. It's very good. Well. But I have finished, um I finished Conviction this uh, month and, oh, a book called What is the Bible that talks about, like, the Bible versus, like, evolution and stuff. It's very interesting. It's gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Huh. Well, I might have to look into that. Well, I appreciate you spending your evening with me, Erin. Oh, me too. My favorite part of the week is I that...
0: appreciate spending my evening with you.
1: Oh. It's uh, it's kind oh. of the highlight of my week, and I hope that it's the highlight Yay. of of lots of people's weeks as they listen to us this week. Yay. Um, and if they want to connect with us more, where they where can they do that?
0: Um on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence, on Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. We had an uptick on the Twitter this week, so that was interesting. Um, On Facebook at facebook.com slash lifetime sentence. You can email us at lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com and our show notes and everything is at lifetime sentence.com. And if you want to hear me talk about the royal family incessantly and Paul talk about more true crime stuff, then hop on over to our Patreon. Or if you just want to listen to us talk about more stuff in general. Uh, hop on over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash lifetime sentence. We're having some funsies over there. Absolutely. You're missing out.
1: And uh, do you know that I actually listened to you most of this episode and did not paint? Like, Yay! I made eye contact and everything.
0: <laughs> it's all good. Well, all right. well until... next week we'll be back.
1: Yeah, who are we doing next I don't week? Know
0: what we're watching.
1: Okay, we'll figure that out. Yes. Well, until then, um, wash your hands. Please. Leave some toilet paper for the rest of us. Yes. Eat your vegetables.
0: And charge your phone. Bye. Bye.
1: This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.